0: Now, so welcome to our uh, patrons of the Conditional Release Program. We have a new program for you and you alone at this stage, and it's called The Two Jacks, one of them being me, of course, Jack the Insider, and the other being Hong Kong Jack, a cousin of mine, a real cousin, a blood relative, uh, who's been living in Hong Kong now for the past 13 or 14 years. Uh, dragged there by his wife, apparently. Uh, That's his excuse anyway. But uh, Jack has uh, a long uh, um, history in politics and the law. Uh, We really want to get him on to talk about a lot of global political issues um, as they arise. We're going to touch on some of them today. Um, uh, But also, uh, just to kick us off, we want to get a feeling for how... um, uh covid-19 is going in hong kong how vaccination rates are working if they are at all and of course all this done in the spectre of a gigantic uh, uh gigantic political uh, being uh, just over the just over the water. Uh, Jack, welcome. Nice to be here. Yeah, good on you, mate. And uh, look, tell us, what's going on in Hong Kong with vaccinations?
1: Well, it's it's much lower than Australia. I think we're about 64%. In, I think Australia's nearly 80 now, is that right?
0: Yeah, that's total population, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, working on the same figures, we're a fair bit below that. The vaccination rates for young people are fairly good, um, even the school even the school age, the 12-year-old plus is up to 77% of those, um, it just falls away once you get to 60. Um, and that's pretty much um, local Cantonese elderly who are not getting vaccinated. In fact, for the over 80s, it's less than 20%, which is very, very low. And One would expect that they would be the most vulnerable part of the population, but they're just not getting vaccinated.
0: And what's the reason? Is there some sort of cultural reason for
1: that? The answer is I don't think anyone really quite knows. (laughs) Um, uh, um, There's no history in Hong Kong of people being anti-vaccination. There's no history of, um, uh, you know, resistance to childhood vaccinations, it's just amongst the elderly. And and it could be. My guess is that they think, well, there have been very few cases here um, uh, and I don't want to travel, so I don't need to be vaccinated. Um, Mm. um, So they're just not doing it. But they they also will tell you, and I know quite a few of the plus 60s, it's my age group these days, um, uh, and and they will say, well, I think I'm going to die if I get it. But there's, but there's never an explanation as to why they think that.
0: Mm. It's very strange, and and of course there are limits placed on entering China um, for those who are unvaccinated, or I think for everyone, aren't there? Yeah, They're the not in lockdowns, the, but but accessing the, the, the mainland comes with comes a price.
1: The border is effectively closed. Um, right. it, it, it's obviously it's open for for truck drivers and all that sort of thing. We, we wouldn't have anything to eat if we couldn't get access to the mainland. So, um, uh, because we don't grow anything much here, uh, grow money, what we grow in Hong Kong. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's no there's, there's no real access to the mainland, and that's the border that the that the local government here is keen to open up first. Um, we it's, we're now on three week quarantines for virtually everywhere. So virtually everybody who arrives in Hong Kong, and they've got to have a visa. Or be a Hong Kong permanent resident to get in, and that means that that means either have a they're either a, a, a Hong Kong um, citizen, or they um, are a Hong Kong permanent resident um, like myself, um, or they have a work visa already granted to get into the city, uh, and even then, um, it's from almost everywhere now it's three three weeks quarantine. If you're lucky, it's three weeks in a hotel of your choice. If you're unlucky, the first seven days are out in a converted container at Penny Bay on South Landtower. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it's close <laughs> to the beach, I suppose.
0: <laughs> it's surprising people aren't on the streets. If it was Melbourne, yeah. you'd be held to pay.
1: Yeah. And and, and that's, to, that's to make us consistent with the mainland. Right. Um, and, and the mainland's, you know, I think the government's actually got this right, um, that the mainland is our most important border. You know, we used to have 25 million tourist visitors a year in Hong Kong, and now you could probably fit them in, you know, a couple of train loads, You know, uh, and most of them, 80% of them, came from the mainland, um, and and most of them came by train. I might add. Um, you know, we're on the, we're now sort of considered by China to be part of what's called the Greater Bay Area, which is, or well, you imagine um, how big is it? It's sort of. About a third the size of Victoria, so it's sort of Victoria from Geelong, Ballarat, Bendigo, um, a fair bit of South Gippsland, except that it's got 86 million people, more than the UK, and it produces it produces 12% of um, of China's GDP. So it's um, it's rich. And there's a lot of people there, and they love to come to Hong Kong to buy genuine luxury goods rather than the the ones that you can buy the in China. The, the, mm. the ones that the ones they're not quite so confident about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> bit of IP, bit of IP shuffling there. Yes, that, yes. but uh, China has, of course, a, a zero COVID policy, and that's what
1: they're yes, sticking pretty much. to. Yeah, and, and 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 we're in the zero COVID. Zone because of that because we're mm. you know we're part of China so we're going to be in the zero COVID now time will tell who's right we're all doing this on the fly you know um, uh, one wag I know suggested that we might end up like the the Japanese soldiers found in the Philippines in the eighties the last <laughs> people who um, who haven't worked out that the COVID war is over but um, but it, it may be that they're getting it right maybe they're not.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. But but I guess one of the consequences of that zero COVID policy is where you have, and, and we say this around the world, where you have a little COVID, you have um, declined or. or- or diminished vaccination rates, uh, yeah, and it's 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 only where you get a bit of infection that people go, Croggy, I better go and get vaccinated." Well well,
1: well, well, that's right. I mean, all of the countries in our region with low vaccination rates, uh, or, or with with low case numbers, rather, um, you know, uh, Korea, uh, Taiwan, Hong Kong, uh, Singapore. Australia and New Zealand, all had slow take-ups of vaccines um, in the beginning. And I think governments in all those places thought there wasn't much of a rush, you know. Um, uh, and, they, and, and I suspect they thought they were better off sitting back and waiting to see which vaccines were better, which worked better. Um, and it was only when the infection started to ramp up in all of those countries that they started to ramp up the vaccination, rate. Singapore is a little bit different. Uh, because mm. they made they made a, an early and public decision that zero COVID wasn't a good plan, and um, yeah, and, and they moved to a living with COVID thing. But part of the deal with that was that they had to ramp up the vaccination rates, and they were successful in doing so. They got excellent vaccination rates.
0: Yes, uh, I, I, look, I, I've never heard it properly explained as to why the UAE is so high. They're at sort of ninety eight percent single dose. And that, and that's total population. So how that works, I'm not quite sure, because that would include childhood, early childhood vaccination for COVID. But after that comes Singapore with, uh, with, a, with a high vax rate uh, of uh, 92% of total population. Uh, and Australia, by that same sort of measure, is in the top 10. But we've really sort of gone ahead in leaps and bounds in terms of where we are and in terms of intent. So you've got a slow rollout that's 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 gathered pace, uh, and uh, and in New South Wales and in Victoria, where there was a lot of COVID and still is, to be fair, um, uh, we had really high vaccination rates up into the nineties. ACT, I think, just about everybody there's been uh, double dosed, and and now we sort of begin this business of boost uh, boosting. So, so what's the push uh, from the Hong Kong government about boosts about boost uh, boost doses? <laughs>
1: Uh, they're, they're starting to become available. Um, there's no great rush with them at the moment, just because, mm. we, we, because we, we, we're because we're going to remain, uh, I think, for perhaps for a year in the in the zero COVID zone. Yeah. So that's that's that, that's upsetting to a lot of businesses in Hong Kong. Um, uh, a lot of people are based here. A lot of um, uh, regional headquarters are based here because it's a great hub place. Fabulous airport, easy to get in and out of and you can fly from here to anywhere or you could fly from here to anywhere. So mm. um, uh, the government have made a decision, I think, um, to, to say, well, yes, that's terribly important but access to the mainland, um, the billion people and the huge markets across there and all the production across there is more important than catering to the whims of um, international business people.
0: Are we seeing some shifts in business? Uh, from Hong Kong into Singapore, going to places there, to like Singapore.
1: There, there, there are rumors every week, you know, I've-